Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board gaming. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 14. Failure is not an option. Welcome back, everyone. This is the part of the show where I normally tell you I've been busy and haven't had time to play any games. It's been a long time since my last show. This time, that's not the case. I've decided to record this episode hot on the heels of the last one. It's only been about a week since the last show, since I recorded the last show. But I found I have some time and some energy, so I figured I might as well go ahead and do it now and bank it for when I'm ready to publish it and have a little more time to get ready for the next show, not stress out about it too much. Anyway, last show I spent uh, some time looking back at the games I played in the last year. I decided this time I'd go ahead and look forward and see what games are coming up of interest. I'm also going to go ahead and talk about Space Hulk Death Angel, published by Fantasy Flight Games. It's a fun game and worth looking at. So as I said, this is a look forward at upcoming releases. It's a small look forward as I'm only mentioning 15 games. I went ahead and looked on Board Game Geek for games being released in 2012 that are playable by one or more, and it's quite a huge list. There must have been a good 40 or 50 games on it easily. I don't know most of those games, a lot of them, I think a lot of them were war games. Anyway, let me go through my list. I've uh, sorted it by publisher. First up is Fantasy Flight Games. The first thing worth mentioning is the Lord of the Rings Living Card Game. It's been out for about a year, and I've talked about it before. However, they're constantly releasing expansions for it. The next the next set of expansions is called the Daryl Delph Cycle. It'll be another six decks of cards. The Casa Doom expansion just came out right around Christmas time, and this is a and these expansions, these upcoming expansions, all use cards from that. This should continue to make the game interesting, though we'll see what happens. The next game by Fantasy Flight is Star Wars: The Living Card Game. From the description of the game, sure sounds a lot like Lord of the Rings: Living Card Game. Very similar, cooperative. The players are, are rebels trying to fight against the Force. Sounds an awful lot like. Uh, Everybody trying to fight against Sauron. However, this one's certainly more interesting only because Fantasy Flight just announced that they are going to delay the release of this. They decided to go back to the drawing board and work on redesigning it because the game just wasn't fun enough as it was. The original release date, I think, was December 2012, and they said at this point that is more of a hope than an actual date. They said that they will be very tentative. Next up will be Lookout Games. Okay, so this game is actually already released, but it's still not very available, and it's Welcome to Wana Grove. It is, I believe, loosely based on the stories by Laura Ingalls Wilder, like Little House on the Prairie. Uh, from what I read, she actually lived in Wana Grove at some point. The game looks neat. It's a one or more. It's one or more player, and it you're going around the board, going around the town, and just looks really nice and interesting also seemed relatively light. As I said, the game is already available, but it is hard to find. I looked online and could only find one place that was currently carrying it. I'm guessing it should be in stores pretty darn soon, though. The next publisher is Z-Man Games. The only solitaire-friendly game I know they have coming up is Equilibrion, which should be out any day now. According to the, to the website, it should be available in February. And right now, we're almost halfway through February. Unfortunately, Z-Man, from what I have seen, is not very good at figuring out when they're going to have stuff ready. Usually, they're off by a month, sometimes more. 
originally Equilibrium was supposed to be ready sometime, like, I think in August or September, and that ended up getting pushed farther and farther back. It sounds like February is pretty likely now. They got it up on the website. The rules are available. You could go to Z-Man's website and download the rules and look through them. I really can't wait to try this one out because I really liked Onirum. Next up is White Goblin Games. They're releasing a game called Mondo Sapiens, which looks like it's a follow-up to Mondo by uh, Michael Socht. I'm not sure how to pronounce that name. Mondo has been compared a lot to Galaxy Trucker because it's similar to the first half of that game where you're drawing tiles and trying to decide if you're going to place them on your board or not. And that's basically the whole game of Mondo. I don't really know much else about Mondo Sapiens other than it's similar and the theme is slightly different. It has humans in it. And it is worth noting that it's being published by White Goblin Games. Uh, Mondo was published by Z-Man Games in the US. So it's now a different publisher. Lately I've gotten a few games by White Goblin Games and I really like their production quality. I have a uh, Rattus, which actually has a Solitaire variant available that I came across on Board Game Geek. Unfortunately it's only available in Spanish, I think in French at this time. But uh, it looks pretty simple and it looks like it'll, it should work out alright, so I'm looking forward to trying it at some point. The next publisher is somebody I've not heard of before, Ludicali. Ludicali? I believe they're a French publisher, and they're releasing a game called Archipels. It's about Renaissance-era exploration in the Caribbean. It's a cooperative game, and the multiplayer game has things like intrigue in it, where there probably isn't much intrigue in the one-player version of the game. So next up is Victory Point Games. they got three games coming up that I know about. First is In Magnificent Style. It is an American Civil War solitaire game. It's supposed to play in about an hour. It has 20 counters and about 70 or so round markers, so it's got quite a few bits. I don't really know anything else about it. Victory Point seems to publish games pretty frequently. It never seems to have too many games listed on their website as upcoming, so I can only assume that it's not too far off. Just don't hold me to that. Next up is Twilight Vigilance. It's yet another State of Siege game. I think at this point they have about 12 or 13 of those. This one is on the Cold War. It should be interesting. I don't know anything else about it, other than it's not available yet. It seems every time I look, they've published yet another State of Siege game. Talking about State of Siege games, let's go ahead and go on to GMT games. They have been republishing Victory Point games, and uh, one of the things they announced recently is Revolt and Revolution, which is a, a pack of three State of Siege games. Two existing ones have been published by... Victory Point, and a third one that is unpublished, and I believe will only be published by GMT Games, but I may be wrong about that. The, the two existing games are Levin Mass, which as I said last show I really like, and Soviet Dawn, which I have yet to try. I'm really looking forward to this release because the component quality is much nicer than what Victory Point Games has done in the past, and it'll probably be really neat to play with some higher quality counters and stuff. The other upcoming Victory Point game being published by GMT is Circus Train. I don't know much about this one. It's a Euro-style game. It's for one to four players. I, honestly, I've never really looked into it at all. But GMT seems to have liked it enough to want to republish it, so it should be really good. Besides those, there's uh, two games 
been uh, designed by Volko Runke. He was the designer of Labyrinth, The War on Terror, which came out last year, and that's a one or two player game. The two upcoming games are part of the COIN series, that's C-O-I-N in all uppercase, which stands for Counterinsurgency. The first one is called Andy and Abyss. It is a game about Colombian insurgency, I guess. I don't honestly I don't know much else about it. It sounds interesting. It's for one to four players. Both of these coin games are one to four players. The second one is called Cuba Libre. I'm really excited about that one, specifically because I was born in Cuba, so it's just a must buy for me. Next up by GMT is Navajo Wars. It's a solitaire-only game. It is on the Spanish subjugation of the Native Americans in the 16th century. Don't know much else about it, but it does sound like a a neat idea. It's point-to-point movement, if I remember right. I added it to my pre-order list. I haven't looked farther than that. I don't think that was enough to convince me to want to try it. I think it's also card-driven. Anyway, the the next game is The Hunters. Again, a solitaire game for... Again, it's a game specifically for one player. It is on the World War II German U-boats. In this game, you play the captain of a, a U-boat. That should be neat. It's on my pre-order list. And finally, by GMT Games, is Fields of Fire, which is actually a reprint of a game they released two years ago. The Fields of Fire, when it came out, a lot of people talked about uh, what a good game it really is and how different it is from anything else out there. However, people also really talk about how bad the rule book is and how hard it is to understand the game and what the heck you're supposed to do. I had pre-ordered it back then, but when uh, when it was ready to be charged, it was really bad timing for me, so I just had to cancel that order. So I'm really excited to see it being offered for, re- for pre-order again. I think the components are going to be better quality, and I know the rule book has been updated and it's supposed to be easier to understand now. Anyway, that let's see, that's... Five upcoming GMT games I have in my pre-order list. I just hope they do space those out for me. Finally, there is a game by Dan Versing Games coming out, and it is Fleet Commander Nimitz. It is part of the Field Commander series, but in this one, you're in charge of the U.S. Navy in the Pacific Theater during World War II. I've only tried Field Commander Alexander, I understand Field Commander Napoleon, the third game, is supposed to be really good and some really great components and really good gameplay. So I can only imagine the fourth game in the series is going to take everything up a notch. Anyway, that's it. Let's go on with the show. Before we get into today's game, let's go ahead and talk about the little contest I'm going to have. All you have to do to enter is send me an email to oneplayeralbert at gmail.com. And just mention a, a solitaire game you like, or a style of solitaire game you like, or really just anything. Just send me an email. And from that, I will randomly draw a winner, and the person will get a copy of Equilibrion once it comes out. I've gone ahead and pre-ordered two copies of it, so as soon as my friendly local game store has it, I will go ahead and mail it out to that winner. And again, the email the your entry to one player Albert at gmail.com and that's number one word player word Albert no underscores or dashes or any of that okay so today's game is Space Hulk Death Angel 
It was published by Fantasy Flight Games in 2010 and designed by Corey Konixka. I still have trouble with that name. Corey Konixka. Corey Konixka. Anyway, it's in the Warhammer 40k universe, which is owned by Games Workshop. Space Hulk is also a board game, which is really originally published, I think, in 89 and recently released about two years ago. It is a two-player game in which one person controls space marines and the other one controls aliens that have taken over uh, a derelict spaceship. Actually, I think they made the aliens made the spaceship derelict. I, I don't actually know. Anyway, this is a card game with that same setting. The board game uses miniatures and I believe is pretty detailed, so this is a very abstracted version of the same idea. It's a really neat game. The The version that's currently published in is, is in a small box which is about 4 inches wide by 8 inches tall. They seem to have dropped that size in favor of a much too large size in my opinion. If you don't know what a space marine is, it's in the year 40,000 in the Warhammer universe there's these guys that have been doctored up and I think and I think genetically engineered to be superhuman like they're larger stronger faster incredible reflexes just everything about them is just everything about them makes them a re really amazing fighting machine so this game is designed actually for one through six players it's a cooperative game if you have two or more players I believe each player takes in one team of space marines a team is two characters in the one player game, you're actually taking in three teams of space marines. So as I said, this is a card game. What it brings is a few different decks of cards. It brings 12 space marines. There's six different teams, and each team, as I said, has two marines. There is a deck of alien cards. There is a deck of event cards. There are location cards and terrain cards. And I believe that's it for types of cards. Besides that, the game also brings... Oh, actually, there's also some uh, cards that tell you about the Marines' abilities. Each team has three cards, which actually not only tells you what they can do, but has the different actions you can play. Besides that, there's some counters and a custom D6. Three sides have skulls. The dice is numbered 0 to 5, but three of those sides have skulls on them. Anyway, when you play the game, as I said, if you're playing solitaire, you're going to have three teams. So you randomly pick three teams, and you line up those six marine, space marine cards vertically in a, in a straight line. This is the formation they're in, and as you're playing, you're going to have aliens being placed next to the space marines and moving up and down and attacking different uh, marines. They could also move to either side. They could be, the aliens could be put in front or behind the marine. The card actually has a facing, which the Marine is either facing to the left or the right. And if you flip over the card, it switches the direction the guy's facing. Okay, so you've set up your Marines. At the top of your line of Marines, you're going to go ahead and set up your location card directly above the first Marine. To either side of that, you're going to have two blip piles, which are basically going to have six aliens in each pile. And those are what you're going to draw from to play next to the marines as the aliens start showing up and attacking. And off to the side you also have an event deck. Finally, next to for the marines you're going to place terrain cards 
either the left or the right, and the, the location card will tell you what to place and where to place them. And these cards are where the aliens are going to start appearing as you're playing the game. Okay, so now you've gone and set up the game. You're ready to start. The first thing you draw is you draw. You do. The first thing you do is draw the top event card, and it's going to tell you where to place the first aliens. The idea here is your space marines have gotten into the spaceship, are ready to start exploring, and suddenly you're being attacked by aliens. Okay. After that, you're really ready to start playing. As I told you before, each team has three of three action cards. One is support, one is move and activate, and the third one is attack. For each team, you choose one card, and that's going to be the card you play that turn. You can never play the same card two turns in a row, so if you choose to attack with team one on this turn, they're going to have to either move or support next turn. You, you always really want to end up just attacking so you can kill everything, but you find you just can't. The support action lets you put a counter on one of the marines in that team. That counter can then later be taken off to re-roll an attack or defense roll. The move card lets you move a marine up or down one space in the line and or change the direction he's facing and it also lets you activate a terrain card if a terrain card can be activated for example when you start the game one of the terrain cards an airlock when you activate it, you could put one of these support counters on it and at any point when you travel from the first location to the second location and I'll explain that more in a little while you you could go ahead and take those uh, markers from that card from that airlock card and destroy a number of aliens and finally, the third action you could do is you could attack. Attacking's easy. The Marine could shoot any alien in front of him or up to a distance based on his range. The range could be anything from 0 to 2. If it's 0, he can only attack, the Marine can only attack the aliens immediately next to him in the direction he's facing. Or if his range is 2, for example, he could attack those aliens or any aliens above him two, up to two spaces away or below him up to two spaces away. Now the three cards that you can play they also have special abilities and the abilities vary from team to team they're all different. It could be anything from when a guy in the yellow team moves he could move to any location not just immediately above or below him so you could have him trade spaces with some guy that's way at the other end. Another action I can think of offhand is there's one team, one of the two characters, each character actually has a name, and it says, I forget the guy's name, but let's say, Brother John. When, when Brother John attacks, anytime he gets a skull, he can make a second attack. Which basically means as long as you hit, you keep, keep rolling to hit again and again. That brings me up to how attacking actually works. When the guy goes to attack, all you do is you roll a die. Well, first you choose which pile of aliens you're going to attack. It has to be in front of you and within range, and then you roll the die. If you roll a skull, you kill one of the alien cards. If you don't roll a skull, you miss. It's that simple. So that was the first phase of the turn. You just go ahead and shoot aliens. Or do whatever actions you chose to do for your marines. Every single marine will get to do whatever action you choose. The next phase, the aliens get to attack you. For each pile that's next to marine, you roll the die. If you roll higher than the number of aliens in that pile... No, I'm sorry. If you roll lower than or equal to the number of aliens in the pile, you kill the marine. So when there's only one alien card, he's probably going to miss. He's got a, well, the die is 0 to 5, so he's got a 2 and 6 chance of hitting. 
Once there's four aliens in there, he's pretty much going to hit unless he rolls a five. Anytime you hit with the aliens, that outright kills your marine. There is no health or anything. You're either alive or you're dead and that's it. So it's really tough. Anyway, the, the third phase of the game is you draw an event card. It'll tell you something happens. You go ahead and take that action. It tells you to add aliens. It tells you where, based on the terrain cards that are currently available and the current location you're at. It's sort of random. And then it also has you move aliens up and down and possibly switch sides. Once you've done all that, the round is over and it's the player's turn again. The other thing that can happen is while you're playing one of those two blip piles at the top of the the game that have the aliens you're drawing from couldn't run out of cards. Remember, they, at the beginning they each had six. So when you draw an event card, you're basically adding one or two aliens in front of a marine from either of those piles. Once either pile runs out of cards, at the end of that phase of the game, you travel to another location. Basically, that means you flip over the location card and go to the second location and refill the alien decks. I think they were called blip piles. You refill the blip piles. So that's basically how the game's going to work. It will keep going until either all your marines are dead or you've reached a fourth location and do whatever it is you need to do to win. That victory condition can vary because, as I said, there's four location cards in your deck. I sort of mentioned it anyway. The first one is always the same, but then for the second, third, and fourth, the the cards that you're going to use for location cards are numbered, but there's there's like three fours and three threes and three twos or something like that. You randomly draw them for each location, so you don't really know what's going to happen until you get to that location. And they, they all work a little bit different. So anyway, that's the, the way the game plays in a nutshell. As I said last week, it's a pretty tense game, especially you really dread when the aliens start attacking because, you know, if they hit at all, you are dead. You're going to lose a marine. And as soon as marine starts dying, it gets much harder and harder very quickly. You're, honestly, your best bets of winning are if you just don't lose any marines. And for that to happen, you just got to roll really well. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, it's not all luck. There's definitely strategy to it. Oh yeah, there's also currently three expansions available. They're all print-on-demand. What that means to you really is that the quality of the cards are not the same. The cards that come in the box are really nice linen finished cards. These print-on-demand cards, I guess they're not printed by the same company. They're they're thin, shiny card. And not at all, no linen finish or anything like that. And obviously lower quality. However, that doesn't really affect the gameplay because you never really have to, to mix print-on-demand cards with regular cards, at least not the way they set up the rules. As I said, there's three current expansions. The first two are released at the same time. One is a Space Marine Pack, Space Marine Pack 1. What it includes is two new teams to play with, so you now have eight different teams to choose from. Especially just going to add more variety to the game. It also not only does it have the all the cards in here for the two teams, but it it has a card for all the original six team members so that you could randomly draw cards to see which teams you're playing with each game. The second pack is a mission pack. What this has is basically some new location cards to replace the location cards that come with the game, a couple special monsters that are tougher to fight and come up at certain locations. Did I already say the terrain card? There is one terrain card in this deck. 
So again, when you play with this expansion, you replace the location cards that come with the base game. So it's an entirely different adventure. The third expansion is called the Tyranid Enemy Pack. What this has is a new deck of monsters, basically. The other two expansions were about, I think, 12 or so cards each. Maybe 12 to 16 cards. This one has uh, 37 cards. As I said, they're all new monsters, and actually there's new monsters, and some new location cards too to go with them. I have not tried this expansion out yet, I only got it recently. However, I've heard that it's much harder. You know what I think the most interesting thing about this deck is? Is actually the art style is different. It's obviously not the same person that did the art for all the other stuff. It looks, I don't know, it looks different. I don't know how to describe it. And I think the aliens look a little bit Cthulhu-ish, especially one of the main baddies looks like a purple octopus with uh, tentacles. So far, the only things I haven't released as expansions are, I think, new event cards. There's been an expansion for everything else so far. You know, and from the look of it, there will be more expansions. The The mission pack and the space marine pack, the first two expansions, are both called Pack 1. So apparently there's going to be a Space Marine Pack 2, and a Space Marine Pack 3, and a Mission Pack 2, and etc. So that's it. That's a pretty detailed look at the game. It's a real fun game. It's a very tense. I think it's very playable. I've I've only played it five or six times so far, but I've at all not at all been bored by it yet. I believe it retails for about $25. I'm sure you could find it online for cheaper. You could buy it at your friendly local game store. I saw it at uh, Barnes & Noble the other day. Anyway, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this show, and I hope you enter the contest. Remember, oneplayeralbert at gmail.com. Well, that's the end of today's episode. If you would like to contact me, you can find me as Fractaloon on BoardGameGeek, or you can email me at oneplayeralbert at gmail.com. The intro music is copyright Angus and is protected by a Creative Commons license. The song and copyright information can be found at gemendo.com. The show is published in a Creative Commons, non-commercial, share-alike license. Thanks for listening. <laughs>